great forehand. We're rolling? Oh, oh I was going to do... Now you're rolling? Can I... I was going to do a video. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Should we chew up some Adderall real quick? <laughs> Snort Alana, it. Alana, so, so that way she's got Snort more energy. And that was one time. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. was, that was my been whole college career. All right. All right, welcome to The Real Podcast, where we keep things really, really real. And for our first guest, I am very honored and grateful to have one of my best friends and mentors. I said best friends. That's yeah. Wait, I thought you were talking about her. No, no I mean, like, well, right, yeah. Mind. I was like, is that how you're introducing well, I was like, wow, that's best so nice. Best friend yeah, right. and mentor. Yeah, okay. and then best friend. Yeah, you get it. Okay. Uh, my wife. You know I'm not your best for the friend, first right? one. Okay, <laughs> we're not friends anymore. <laughs> my wife for our first podcast and then my mentor, Raul Patel, uh, owner of Patel Gaines, owner of FSM. And many, many other businesses, you got your hands and everything in San Antonio. And so I look up to you. We look up to you as a friend, as a family, and um, and also in the business world as well. So welcome. Well, awesome, man. Thanks for having welcome. me on. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I wanted to bring Alana on because Alana knew you first. That's right. And That's right. introduced me to you, opened up the whole world Although to Although we us. can't remember how, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot that detail. But I want to I wanna go all the way back to where, where you're from, how you got started, and what brought you to San Antonio. Oh, well, obviously I'm Japanese. <laughs> no. uh, right? Does that make sense? No. Um, no, but so my parents immigrated from India um, to go to college. And then I grew up, I was actually born in Fort Worth. And we had to move out of Fort Worth. So um, you're originally Texas, Texas born? I, I born yeah, I was born, oh, I I was born in Texas. I didn't so that's why that. I always say, yeah, I'm like Texas born. And people are like, yeah, I'm from Texas, you're from Ohio. I'm like, actually, yeah. I was born in Texas. So uh, moved from Texas to Iowa, spent like eight years in Iowa. And then I think when I was in the fourth grade, we moved to Ohio. So, and I grew up in Ohio my whole life. So I went, grew up in Ohio, went to Ohio State, the Ohio State University. And, uh, and then like 11 years ago, I moved here. Damn. Yeah. So where's your family originally from? Which part? Uh, you mean India? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a place called Surat, India, Gujarat. So, did your parents come? Are they first generation or? Yeah, they, wow. they 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 were born in they were born. My dad was born in India. He got into engineering school at the University of Texas, and so he came here as a kid. Uh, no money, right? And they have the they have a story called "Around the World in Eight Eight Dollars." It's like a whole story with, like, and the Indian government will give you eight bucks when you when you get a visa student visa because my dad had he had no money yeah he literally came here with eight bucks and that's it no no that. no relationships no nothing just eight bucks wait with or without your mom without my mom okay wow. so before your mom yeah he went back picture. he got he went back and got married at, like during college one of those kind of not arranged marriage but had a week picked picked a woman and here we are we also 50 years later. i've been there before yeah it was like 50 years later yeah we're still there yeah so they're together it works it works that's okay crazy. yeah so eight bucks that's it that's all you get God. So what was this, what was this tip? I'm kind of one making that $8 into something more. Like, how do you even do that? Man, it's a crazy story, right? Like he came here, went to engineering school and crazy. I mean, what happened was like got into engineering school, figured out engineering was in high, high demand, right? Back, uh, back in the sixties. So it was in high demand in the U S. So, um, and my dad was smart. So got into engineering school and, and came over here. And so Got, got done with engineering school, got a job with the city of Dallas. Um, at the same time, he was living in a motel, like a little eight-room motel. Um, went back, got married, and my mom was working at the motel. My dad would go work for the city of Dallas. They saved up enough money, and actually they bought, kind of leased and bought the motel from the guy nice. that they were staying at, right? Wow. And there's a whole kind of tradition of Indians, you know, in the hospitality industry, but yeah. that's how they got their start. And then my dad eventually uh, quit his job to run the motel full time. Um, and then crazy story, but my mom actually got shot at the hotel. What? what? Yeah. She got a bullet in her leg. Like she's a tough what? lady. Yeah. She's, she's a, she's a tough lady. Right. So she got shot and that's why we that's moved crazy. out of Texas. Cause my mom just had these reoccurring kind of nightmares of, yeah. of Texas. So my dad's like, we got a fresh start. So he moved to fucking Iowa. Yeah. yeah. What made yeah. him pick Iowa? Yeah, I have no idea. It just seems safe. <laughs> I have no seems idea. Like a safe bet. Just seemed like a yeah, it just seemed like a place. Um, and so yeah, they moved to Iowa, and so that's that's it, you know. And then uh, he got into the hotel business and stayed in the hotel business his whole life. Wow. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I have a sister. Okay. Nice. Yes. Oh, yeah, we've never yeah. talked about siblings. Yeah. Where yeah, does she yeah. live? <laughs> they live in California, but now they're moving to Atlanta because they get tired of the yeah. oh yeah the just everything. About yeah, everybody's living in California. Everybody <laughs> in California. Yeah, so her her and uh, my brother in law live in California. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so Iowa and then Ohio. Ohio. Yeah. Which you can't say too fast because no, hard. I get him. Sounds confused. like one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Ohio is we went to went to college, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. And Ohio then, State, not Ohio. Ohio State. Yeah, because they have OU. Is, what's the actual? Is there a sign for that? 
What? The Ohio. O H I O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's what it. is there like There's a? Like a <laughs> oh, it's literally an O. I O. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's how it and goes. And so Ohio to San Antonio to St. Mary's. Uh, no, I didn't go to St. Mary's. I went to law school. Oh, I know. That. So I okay. So I actually graduated in 2002 from from Ohio State. 2002, 2003. I graduated from Ohio State. Okay. Um, I was born in the 80s. I'm a little bit older, significantly older. What than are you y'all. like? 80 by now? I'm 40. How do I'm 40? How do I have gray I'm 40. hair? <laughs> no, not on my head, but in my beard. Nice. Um, David but, probably thinks you're 50 because his mouth is a little. Yeah. Old. Jeez. Yeah, uh, no. So actually, I graduated. I went to go work. Uh, I actually had a couple of jobs after college. Um, I actually went to work for the family business, and then I went to go work um, in the corporate world a little bit, and then my dad had a heart attack, so I went back home, and I was I hated it. Living in a small town. You took a while to go to law school, because yeah. I remember we talked yeah, about that when absolutely. I when I took a while to do the LSAT, yeah. and I was like, well, should I do it later on in life? And then you were but like, yeah. I did But it. did you already know you want to be an attorney? Or just- well, I, you know, it's funny. I, have, I found a letter when I was back at home when my parents were moving down here, and it had, was like, from like the ninth grade or eighth grade. And I said, I want to be a lawyer, a corporate lawyer, and maybe own my own law firm. I mean, fuck, that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it did. But honestly, I wanted to do something. And it was at the time where all of my cousins had gone to medical school, my sister, everyone's being, you know, they're all on the medical track. And I felt, you know, I don't know what I was doing. I was just felt, you know, I, I, mar- I loved marketing. I loved what I did, but I just felt like I had to do something. And part of it was just I had to get out of Ohio. I felt like I had to get out of Columbus. I had some good friends, but where their alignments were going, I just didn't I just didn't feel it, right? And so I, I think it was one of those I just needed I needed a change, right? And I was sitting there one night, I applied to law school and it was like the shittiest law school you can think of, right? Ranking wise free admission free like uh, application fee even, right? Nice. So I like, applied and boom, like you're in, right? It's almost like one of those like, you're a winner. And I didn't really know anything about it. Did you even it. study to take the LSAT? Yeah. I mean, no, the, yeah. I took the LSAT. And, stuff, and like, but you didn't, probably didn't even study. No, I was in college. You just showed up one day. No, so I just like, took what, it what or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and so then I, when I got day. to law school, was it was like the best experience ever for me because like the guy that I was rooming with was a friend of mine and he was failing out. And then I was like, go, I was in the school and I found out it was like a funnel system. So they let anyone in almost. And then they basically kick everybody out after the first year, but they've got all this money from these people, right? So yeah, if, like, smart. if like 400 people are in and then at the end of the year, there's like 100, it doesn't matter because you spent 50 grand already, right? So I was like, oh my God, I cannot fail out of law school. Like that'll be, that. that's, and luckily, honestly, I just made some friends that were studious and the first time ever in my life I saw the inside of a library right and (laughs) you know and I and I and I kicked ass like I loved it I got into moot court I got into mock trial went into national competitions and it was like my thing right like I just found myself uh being able to use some of my my skills my ability to you know and just the gift of the gab right like you have it and I was like okay I can do something with this um and so it was my it was the greatest thing ever but it was in Michigan okay and it's cold you think Ohio's cold like Lansing, Michigan's even colder and even broker and poorer, right? And this is in 2007, 2008, where like the economy in the North just was mm-hmm. trash. Like, right? You're talking about the economic collapse. Like, I mean, it was just bad, right? Nobody, was, I mean, entire factories of like Saturn it was and a all big these industrial. Oh, huge. They're state. all just shut down, yeah. right? And nobody. And so, like, I just had to get out of the cold, right? And I decided that, you know what? I'm going to pack up and I'm going to move. And I didn't know where. And ironically, you know, I, I came to Texas for a reason, but yeah, I just had to get out. Yeah. I just had to get out. Yeah. Dang. Cause you're not your traditional lawyer. Like you're very no. opposite of what I would in high school. I'm like attorney was always in the courtroom. Very like, you know, super. How do you know I'm in a courtroom? I mean, I'm sure I mean, the courtroom is courtroom. Courtroom. But actually, no, I'm not. Ever. But uh, like ever. looking at you and what you're doing in the law firm. And that's like super cool to see. Like it's not your traditional law firm. It's very different. When I walk in the yeah. office everybody's laughing, everybody's smiling, there's rap going on sometimes. Like yeah. it's a very cool atmosphere and culture you've built, which I don't see in a lot of law firms. And so I guess, how did you mold yourself from what you learned in school to where you, you're at Patel Gaines? What, how did that culture come about? Yeah, Man, where so, did you get that idea and, and that that's what you wanted to there, I know Grant had a lot to do with it. He's very like, you know, hip yeah. and cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Fishing shirts every day. But y'all really yeah. are like a good yin and yang. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the, the story kind of comes back to, right, when you graduate from a degree and you get something, and I think the, the reality is, is everybody has a perception of what a career looks like, right? Like you have a perception of it. So like law, like being a lawyer is prestigious for people, right? Because you get to wear a suit and you get to wear a tie, you get to go to court and you get to do those things. And you see yourself in an office with your diplomas and that's like the image, right? And that's what you feel like you want to do. And then you, and you get that first gig and then you realize, 
like, fuck, like this isn't me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But I'm living this life that everybody tells me is awesome, but like I hate it, right? And so it's not like, like the movies yeah, or what, the television. Right. Shows, and what people yeah. don't know is like when I moved here, I had nothing. I had no money. I had six hundred bucks. I had one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt, and I was living in a motel over there on the East Side. Like I was living in a motel that's not on Hilton, like all the way on the east side on Eisenhower and I-35, okay? Like there's, there's some shit that goes on down there. Yeah. Good, good taco trucks. Yeah. But, <laughs> and so I didn't have anything and I was one of those, at this point I was too proud to ask, want to keep asking my parents for money because I was like the black sheep, right? Like everybody got on, got good jobs, got into medical school and here I was, a lawyer with all his debt and what's the average lawyer going to make, right? Like, and so... Um, I just had to, I hustled and, and I, I got in, I got in, you know, I, I snuck my way and we can talk about that, but like I got my way into a big firm and, um, I met Grant there. Uh, we were, so we were law clerks, associates. We worked a lot together, but we worked really well together, right? We were opposites, but we worked well together. And uh, honestly, like it was a great gig. Right. And then, um, you know, I went on to another firm, same thing. And I was probably had my best year ever in terms of financially and at a professional level, um, but probably the worst, hardest year of my life, right? We had a little one. I was driving all the time. And honestly, like I, I had to show up basically with a blue suit, mm-hmm. white shirt. Ironically, that's what I'm <laughs> fucking wearing. But, but not a, like a t-shirt, no jeans, right? Yeah. I can't wear Gucci shoes or yeah. whatever. So like, and I had this like, it was very much, I knew for the first time that I was an outsider. And it, it, so to me, it was like a moment that I like, I have to make a decision if I'm going to do this or if I'm just going to go be myself. Right. And to me, that's what we built in all of our businesses is like, you have to embrace who you are and you got to allow that to happen. And honestly, that, that honesty and openness is what's really created us to have a great growth in our client base because you have clients that show up in shorts, sandals, and a fishing shirt, but you got to be in a suit. Right. And so like, what is that? You know, and then that it's uncomfortable when you have tough conversations to have and you're over here in a suit with all these diploma. You come to my office like I don't have a diploma on the wall. <laughs> yeah. You better hope that I got a degree. Yeah, at this point, yeah. Right. Calls, right. It's even a so, yeah, you gotta make it fun. You gotta yeah. talk, you know, have pictures of your family, Inviting your friends and yeah. what you're doing. And, and, and Ari Gold, like, I, I love entourage. And yeah. you know what? The clients that we're seeking are people like us that want to know more about you, because at the end of the day, you're going to feel way more comfortable. It really expressing, look, I'm buying this business, but here's the deal. Like, I want to gut it when I do it. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Or here's why I'm buying this versus, hey, we draft this up for me. And you get deeper in that stuff and you're allowed to be yourself, man. And at the end of the day, like when you're yourself, you're way more fun. Like you're way better at your job too. I was going to say, I feel like you're more productive because you're just in your realm. You don't Dude, have people to worry show, about Every that. time I see people with a tie on in the day, it's unbuttoned yes. and loose, which means they're uncomfortable. Because yes. <laughs> if they were comfortable, it wouldn't be that way. It's yeah. 115 degrees here. Yes. So, yeah. But, you know, it's not just about dress. It's then that, that permeates culture, yeah. like who you are, the differences of who we are, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know what I mean? Does. Yeah. Let's go back to how you snuck into that firm, though. I want to hear that story. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know what? Like, you have to be creative, man. I didn't know anybody at all when I moved here, right? I didn't have any references. In Michigan, I could have got a job, but I didn't know anybody. And reality of it is, is most great places don't hire based on a job posting because when the job posting goes up, they've already, they, they don't need to, they've got people wanting to be there. Um, and usually if it's a great culture, people who work there already have people that like they would want to refer. So, um, what I did was I just made a list of the top 10 lawyers that I could find in each. Um, actually I didn't even want to be in San Antonio because again, I was living on the East side, right? I didn't really know San Antonio had like nice spots. What it had to offer. Yeah, and I didn't have any money to go do it anyway. So I was like, look, as soon as I pass the bar exam, like I got a free place to live. So as soon as I'm out, I'm gonna move to Dallas. My buddies lived in Dallas and Austin, and I'm like, I'm gonna get the hell out. But I just picked 10 lawyers in each city. I found out their email addresses um, and I read everything about them and read whatever they had printed, published, Googled, whatever. And honestly, I sent them emails. Um, <laughs> What I did was I put all the emails up, put them in a draft. And I still have them, actually. It's kind of crazy. I print them out to keep them. And I have them saved. No, I have them saved. I have them started and saved. And um, I put RE colon meeting with a question mark. Ah. And I sent them out at 4 o'clock in the morning. Those always get me. Yeah, because people who are really, who are, who are, who are, really good at what they do, they usually are workaholics, right? right? So they either work really, really early or they work really late. Either oh, way, either way, people are top, top or bottomed up people. So the first, when you open up your email in the morning, what do you do? 
You check the first, first email you had and then you go up, yeah. right? And so I was like, I want to be in the top of this inbox and I'm not going to get through a gatekeeper. So what I got to do is let this person think that they have a meeting with me and I'm replying to it. Like, hey, and it was like, look, uh, I just want to, I want to get to know you. I see XYZ about you and I don't want a job. I'm not asking for anything, but all I'm asking is, can I buy you coffee and learn why you are whatever? And I sent some emails out like that and I got an email back right away from this guy and said, hey, why you email me at 4.30 in the morning? We don't have a meeting. And I'm like, I know but can I have one? Now and he goes, sure, come on in at like 7 a.m. And I had, th- I had three, four meetings right away. Wow. And these guys at like 6.30 in the morning grilled me, man. And they're like, you don't, have a, you don't have a bar exam. You haven't passed the bar yet. You don't have, what are you gonna do? I'm like, look, man, just give me a spot to sit and a computer and you don't have to pay me. I will work all summer and you'll hire me. Pretty, and the guy's like, you're pretty, pretty arrogant. I go, I'm not, I'm just telling you. Like, and if not, like, I'll walk away with a good referral from you, right? And I want to work for and learn from you. And literally, I think it was like four or five hours later that day, that same day, he called me back and told me, come on in. And I came in the next day, three-piece suit and ready to rock, right? And I had no idea what that was going to get me, where it went, and ultimately... What type of law was that? It's actually, you know, litigation, which is, you know, (laughs) crazy. (laughs) But yeah, litigation. And you know what? Um, That's how I met Grant. That's how I got into property tax. I didn't even know what the hell property tax was. And it's honestly just because I I was outworking everybody else. And the boss, um, it was funny. Grant Grant was six months behind me in the bar stage. So I was already a licensed attorney. He was taken out for the bar. And Grant was like everybody's favorite. Like everybody, every project went to Grant. And so there's a lawyer in there who was like always angry, working late. And so I would, I would be the first one in, last one out. And every day I walk by, hey, you need anything? You need anything? And he's like, oh, I got shit, oh, fucking. I'm like, can I help you? And he's like, ah, I'm waiting for Grant to come back. I'm like, well, Grant's got like four more weeks. Like, can I help you? And I literally just went in there one night and I took all the stuff that he had for this case and I organized it into binders. I have pictures wow. of it. Like I literally bought... 30 binders, organized it, put the tabs. And I like to organize, like I'm OCD, yeah. right? Yes. So I'm like, and this guy comes in and he's pissed. He's like, why the fuck are my files? Where's this? I'm like, what do you need? Tell me what I you need. I know is. where it is. Yeah. Got it. Look. Here it is, right here. I got it. He like wanted to be mad. That's it. And then couldn't. before you know it, like I'm on the largest, like one of the largest tax cases in Texas history because I just, and then Grant comes back and I was like, yo man, I kind of, and he goes, dude, take it like i got i got enough to do yeah. you're good to go and that's nice. what's rare right most people yeah. are like you took my you took my case sure. i was on it and honestly it was one of those ones where anytime it was a tough like research case i'd be like man i've been looking this up for an hour i can't find it go in his office and be like oh that's uh this <laughs> okay there it is yeah and i'm like i fucking look for an hour you know so we just we're good yin and yang yeah. right but and i think he, that that's yeah. that y'all both recognize each other's strengths and weaknesses and in and in some cases and in some work cases, some people might find that as intimidating or they're everything I'm not and I don't like that about them. But I think y'all both realize like, okay, this is his strength. This is my weakness. And so I'm going to let him take where, you know, fill in my blanks. And that's why I think that you're good in and name. Some people find that intimidating or um, they don't like that type yeah. of personality. And so that's why I think y'all been so successful this yeah. long. I think, I mean, you have to have a balance, right? For sure. You always get better. So yeah, that was, that was how I got in, man. And what started Patel Gaines, you and, you and Grant? Oh, uh, that was interesting. With so, box. yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. That, that first office you guys had was yeah. Like, wow. I, I, I mean, well, no, 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 no. That was the second office. The first office nobody ever went to. It was oh, a, wow. it was an eight by eight box at Regis, and I was literally like two desks, and then we brought in a third chair because you're only allowed to have two people there. And uh, I had this kid that uh, he's actually in law school or graduated graduating law school from Emory now, like wow. super smart wow. kid. But we had him in there. He was in high school, like just doing whatever right and so what started patel gains was um i was at that i was at that job and i was driving back and forth and i was just i was tired and i i wasn't happy like you know he kind of the, the the typical way people say well money doesn't make happiness and that was it like i was i was again it, the the money i was making was great but i just wasn't happy like i knew like i wasn't there was like a i just wasn't the something right something was missing yeah it just yeah. wasn't it you know and and i could tell and um, you know, I kind of had to come to reality and say, what am I going to do here? And, and I say, and I, I met, what's crazy was I met somebody that wanted to hire me and when they wanted to hire me as a consultant. And I said, I don't, 
I don't want to be a consultant. I want to be a lawyer, right? I'm not ready to give that up. And what's crazy was I went out to lunch with this, with, with, he said, well, look, I'm, you're hired. We'll figure it out. You know, you know, whatever it is, I'm, you're hired. No, this old guy, awesome. Um, still super cool. Um, he like drives a Harley now and retired and ton of money. So anyways, he introduced me to this guy named Matt Fossey and Matt Fossey is like, he's like one of my best friends done so much business together. Well, he was the very first employee of this, of this company that they ever hired. They ultimately grew to like 34 national offices and they sold to private equity for hundred plus million. And he was at that time just running kind of Dallas office, met me. We, we, and I said, look, I don't want to be a consultant. I, I, nothing against you. I don't want to come work for you. Like I want to start my own firm, but I can help you. If you, if you, if you give me some work, yeah. I will make more money for you and it will grow me. And honestly, we just struck an accord and I, they had no, no agreement, no nothing. And he just started sending me some stuff. And then we started sending me more and we started doing, doing more and more. And he grew to be from Dallas leader, Texas leader to the Western division leader. And then he became ultimately president and CEO of like a massive tax, national tax wow. company. And then, um, you know, going back to kind of that was, you know, I, I kept, still kept in touch with Grant. So we would have lunch once a week. And um, I told him, hey man, like I'm going to quit. But like, why don't you quit and come with me and we'll, we'll, we'll do this together. And, um, we actually had ha dinner at my house, like every night, my wife would make homemade pizza cause it's all we had, nice. uh, and, or homemade, whatever we would <laughs> eat it. And we would come up with draft up this, we drafted up a plan of how we would do it. And, uh, it was actually pretty scary because I, I, we put in our, we quit the same day, but we were at two different places and they offered him like a pretty big check to stay. And you didn't get anything? Well, I knew I was out. Yeah, but he's just about right. That was out anyways. But either way, and he, and he like I hadn't, I hadn't heard from him that day, and then he was like, "Oh man, like, you're like, oh crap, he's dead." Yeah, for me, like I'm like, what? what? I'm like, I already like I. Already, and he goes, "No, no, I didn't take it. I'm just just telling." You. I'm like, and that was a it was a lot yeah. of money, okay? For I mean, at that for us, and I mean now would be a lot, but even then it was a lot. And so, um, you know, man, that was it. And we just, you know, we 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 quit. Um, and we started, we started the firm and we've just been rocking and rolling ever since, man. It's such a cool place. Yeah. Like I was telling Alana, whenever I go there to hang out and like, or film something, yeah. it's always inviting. Everybody's yeah. always laughing. I always leave in a really good mood. I'm like, this is the kind of office. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. But that. I think it's fun. Cause we were also there before y'all had even moved in. And so it was fun to kind of see like the inception of y'all right. of like the, building of it and oh, the, the designing yeah. of it. Yeah. Cause remember y'all were at the office off of what bitters? Before bitters, we were at this place on on Hebner, which was like you literally couldn't go to the bathroom without hearing. <laughs> like we had Rachel, the first person we hired, like she would leave for to go home or wherever to go just yeah. use the bathroom because it was such a small quarters. Hor yeah, yeah. Horrible. So then I guess when we originally met, you were at bitters and you were already, I guess, probably already one foot out the door because you had already bought this land and started to develop it and build it out. And so it's kind of cool just to see how all that. And then now to see, and obviously I'm jumping the gun here, but like to see how all of the, um, the rest of like the mixed use that y'all are yeah. putting in there. I mean, F45 and everything yeah. else. And so, but I mean, we can talk about that a little bit. I just <laughs> yeah, it was going to come work out too. Yeah, the way you market, I think it's very unique. I think it's very special. I think it's, um, I think you and I get along the most because we share a similar vision in marketing. And I want to go to your marketing team and I want to start with Brooke and I want to know the dynamic of how your marketing works. Like who, who creates what, what's the process? How do you get that vision out to your team? Man, you know, so like, I mean, uh, to me, marketing is the core of everything, right? And I think no matter what it is you're doing, you're marketing, you're selling, you should be. And, it, and it's not about, you know, having your own company or, but it's all about, you know, fulfilling your best for that. Right. And marketing is a, it's such a broad term, but so many things fall under that advertising sales is all marketing. And so I've had a huge passion for my whole life. Like that's, that's where I am. And that's my degree at Ohio state was in, was in marketing too. And so, you know, to me, you know, that's kind of like the team that I love to lead and I, I love that part of it. But, and there's so much about that brand image, culture, everything leads stems from that. Um, but you know, the core of that is finding people that one love their job. And most things you, people talk about who wants to go and be, do marketing for a law firm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Well, you like, never hear yeah, of a yeah, law like, firm having a full marketing, branding, communication. Right. I couldn't team. even, I, when I first put out ads for like, or posts for marketing, I couldn't get anybody. I had a girl, I swear to God. She took the job. This was a before bitters. She took the job, 
came the first day and didn't show up the next day. And I'm like, what's going on? And I remember literally I finally got a hold of her and she goes, yeah, the commute's just too much. And I got a job at uh, one of the greeting card places. I'm like, what? Like literally a greeting card place. And I'm like, hang on. Like how long is the drive? Like where are you driving from? And she's like, oh, it's like almost 20 minutes. I'm like, so you took a job at a, at a greet? I'm like, all right. So long story short, like, you know, really it took time to build that understand what we were trying to do and we've evolved as well but like you know really the core of it is finding people that one you know understand who you are and and I think that's about being honest and open and being you know brutal with what who you are and I think that's number one then number two is you got to care about people right and so you talk about marketing and building a team but it kind of transforms to all the other things is like if you don't know about their husbands and their children and whether they're an animal person or whatever it is then they really don't have any affinity to care for you back. And you can't be disingenuous, but you got to know it. And you've been around it, right? Like I know everyone talking about Brooke. I know about Mitchell, right? I know, I mean, no matter who it, who it is, like I know about their importance in their life. But then really beyond that, then it's come down to, you know, with Brooke, Cheyenne, Rachel, like everybody we have on the team, one, they're loved by everybody else on that works for us, right? They're not seen as like, oh, that's marketing and the lawyers don't want to, I and mean, the lawyers are always walking down and talking to them. And that's the type of function you want versus most law Division. firms, like the lawyers will barely talk to their assistants, yeah. right? And when they do, it's like- Get me this. Right, and so it's like, you know, that, it takes two-way street, right? And so they're not in their cubicles or in their office just, you know, pumping out ads. So it takes a lot of that collaboration. So. Um, and then, you know, really you kind of realize like, you know, at 40, we're still pretty young. Like Grant and I are both 40. We're young for lawyers that manage a firm of our size. But the reality of it is, is people that are in their twenties now are coming in with new ideas, mm-hmm. new concepts and new tools that we don't use, but we have to learn Microsoft teams. Like, again, we got to get on to it. Asana, all this other stuff. That's like, well, why do I want to use Asana? Like send me an Excel spreadsheet. Well, it works for them. And we have to understand, we have to adapt to that. And that's, I think, the culture of why people actually want to come do marketing here, right? Do we use the tools and software versus, you know, do we use PowerPoint? No, we've got all kinds of things. I don't even know what, what we use, but that's what they need, right? And so um, I think that's what's created it. And then tools, man. Like, I mean, you know, whether it's equipment, I mean, you've been there, you know, giving them the tools to be able to do their job well will allow them to succeed. And then at the same time, they will be able to grow what yeah. they're doing. And they right? all have their own skill set too. Yeah. Like Cheyenne's very good at photography, videography. Yeah. And well, and I feel like graphics. they're happy. And I feel like when you're, when you take, I've always learned that your first layer of clients are your employees. Yeah. If you take care of them, then they'll take care of your clients. And so I feel like everybody at your office is so happy. Your turnover is probably like none. It's really low. Really low. Super I mean, low. as long as I've known every single person has been there and if anything, y'all just grown. And I feel like when you're when your employees are happy, then they're just, they want to put in the overtime. They want to put in the weekends if yeah. they need to and do the go above and beyond. And and then they feel like they're taken care of. And then that that resonates with their product, with what they put out there. And just overall, I feel like the clients feel that as well. And yeah. the outside consumer like us. You know, I think like the market, you talk about like getting into the core of marketing, right? I think the biggest problem with this, people don't really, they, 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 they don't market themselves. And mm-hmm. what they do is they try to figure out marketing. Mm-hmm. So they're usually pitched like, you know, advertising company, marketing companies, PR companies. They tell you things that, that this is what we want to do. And it usually stems from what they've done for somebody else. The reality of it is, is like, look, I got to, we got to build a strategy around who we are and that's different. Right. And so, you know, I've been in those situations where they try to box me into something and it's like, you know, try it. And it always fails because it's not me. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it that way. And so I think that's the key of marketing. Like anybody who's out there and start trying to figure out how to grow my, like stop figuring out, what you should do like you said about lawyers right like you're different well so i could go down and say all right well we got to have the photo with all of us standing there in our yes. suits and do it. then okay so then that's what that's what industry tells you to do right but, the, but then you're or, just blending just, in but then we're just blend, and we're not ourselves mm-hmm. so at the end of the day it's like if authentic. you're gonna catch me at the somewhere on a saturday i'm gonna be wearing you know joggers and a backwards hat and whatever and i've had people go whoa like and so the, the reality of it is, is you have to brand and market for who you are and you've seen that you've seen that time and time again for people who are super successful they just they're just who they are authentic right that's it and at the end of the day you will gravitate people will gravitate towards you to based on what you do right mm-hmm. like i mean there's like there's the the lawyer i think is like 
I don't even know what it's like, 420, like, I don't know, like, he's like the weed doc or something. I mean, weed lawyer or something like that. But, like, you know, he's himself, and he has a whole client base so based on that. Yeah. probably happy yeah. Right? But at the end of the day, like, if, you're, if you get busted for that, pop for that, like, you're going to feel way more comfortable talking to that dude than you will in some suit who's going to judge you. True. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't believe you did this. You know, so the idea is, so I think to me, marketing has to come down to that. And we show a lot of that. Um, in terms of like what we're doing, how we're having fun. And so people are afraid of that. But you know what? At the end of the day, like if we're going to take shots at five o'clock in the afternoon, like it's on brand, just put it on there. Like <laughs> yeah. that's what we're doing. Cause you know, yeah. the reality of it is there's companies and businesses out yeah. there that are doing the same damn thing. Well, you're, you're, you're unique. It's different to you. And if you do, that's it. Yeah, if you don't, yeah. So you, why, why are we, af- why do we have to be afraid to be who we are? Yeah, right. I and so it. if a client calling you, yeah, I had a client call me yesterday and I was like, man, I'm sorry. We just. We had a big trial win, and we're popping a bottle of champagne. He goes, oh, man, that's awesome. And then they call me back later versus yeah. hiding it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. and that's what creates that where then the first five minutes of the conversation for somebody else's case is talking about what we just did, right? And so because he doesn't care. He's, he cares about what's going on enough to know, all right, what happened? Oh, that's so sweet, dude. That's awesome. I'll, you know, whatever. And then you get to what you're talking about. So, you know, to me, marketing has to start with first figuring out who you are and who you want to be and like truly what makes that the happiest versus what somebody else is doing. Right. And I think that part of that is like finding somebody that embodies the look, the feel of who you feel like right. you want to be and making sure that that's actually it. Yeah. Just keeping it, keeping it real. Keeping it real. Like the podcast. That's true. That's true. Perfect plug for that, right? Now. Yeah, right. That's true, though. You got to keep it real, right? Yeah. yeah. So so keeping it real, you started a company in San Antonio that that nobody probably ever thought would come to San Antonio, and you started a sports agency, Yeah. which is super cool. Like growing up, you think of sports agents like, you know, entourage, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. ballers. Yeah. You're the real life ballers, like in San Antonio. <laughs> I don't know about that, but we're getting there. We're getting there. It's super cool. So- Kind of talk about the inception of that and, and how that came about. Dude, man, I've, I've, I've always loved basketball. Okay. I mean, I mean, obviously I went to Ohio State, so I'm a huge football fan, but I've been, a, I've loved basketball. I grew up, you know, just really just loving what Michael Jordan did. And to me, that was just, it was awesome. But at the same time, when growing up in Indian and, you know, for anybody who's been in an Asian household, they know, like, like sports is not something i mean five, five, five foot eight right i don't know if you can see that you know i know <laughs> so you, you can't know, dunk. yeah i can't dunk and you know so my 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 my, my sky is the limit was not there right but almost the opposite man my dad would not even let me watch sports right because it was like if you're not you know 100 percent in every grade well then you don't have time for that you should be focusing on that and so I would have to like kind of hide watching basketball, watching things. So I had a passion for it, but you know, I mean, how am I going to figure that out? But what happened was come, come fast forward a couple of years, a uh, couple of years ago or backtrack a couple of years ago, I started reading um, about a case and found out, saw a case of a couple of players really losing money. And then, you know, and then you kind of go down these rabbit holes, right? Of info in mm-hmm. 60% of, of NBA players are broke, financially broke. Right. Like within five years of the last game. Yeah. And I mean, you're talking about, I mean, millions of dollars Nobody's and how it's gone, right? Do. And so I just having one of these conversations, like, what the, like, how the fuck does this happen? <laughs> yeah. And honestly, you know, I kind of got almost like a dared by a buddy. I'm like, dude, why don't you do it? Like, you're good enough to do the all the tax work for the Fed Reserve Bank. So you can easily do this. And I'm like, well, you know, what am I going to do? And honestly, my, my wife was working late night one night and I decided to go online and kind of like law school, just apply for the agent's exam. And I filled it out and got in and then I'm like, all right. And one of my buddies, Matt again, and I had actually talked him into quitting his job at that time. He was CEO of, of a large tax company, private equity bottom. And he was miserable. Okay. He was working. He went from working for, like I said, a, like a fun place that he helped build to working for somebody in a place that was run by a bunch of suits out of Chicago, right? That just only looked at numbers. And he was just visibly and physically unhappy, right? You knew it. And I was like, dude, you just quit. Like take six months, do whatever. And he did. And I remember him going, yeah, I think my wife's like, oh, you just listened to Rahul's advice and just quit. (laughs) And in reality was, and then he goes, you know what? I'm gonna write you a check for FSM. I wanna be a part of it. And I'm like, well, I don't really know if I'm taking, and he goes, no, no, no. 
we're doing this. I'm going to do I want I want in somehow. And I remember his wife going, great, you quit your job and you're going to write him a big six-figure check to start a, to start a sports agency. Sounds like a great deal. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't know anything about it. And sometimes that's the best thing to do. People are really, really afraid about, ah, you know, like we should do this. And you know, you're talking about keeping it real. Like the reality is, is when you get into something, you have no idea. You have two options. You either figure it, the, figure it the hell out or you don't. And I will tell you the first year of the sports world was a nightmare. Like it was in my first two years, it was the hardest and worst thing I've ever done. Um, it's a really... From an optics perspective, it's like you watch Entourage, you watch all that. That's what you feel, see and feel. Um, it's anything but that. Um, but when you do it right, then you'll get there. And that's where I feel like we are um, because we get the right people. But, you know, it's a it's a industry that's just it's been a historically just people basically buying people yeah, and grind. Um, and people stole from me. People have come at me personally, professionally. They've come at me, my family. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see a lot of things I revert back because they just, you, you, this is the industry. Right. And, um, but you know, I was going to quit. I was literally, I flew and I was going to, my first person I was going to tell was Matt. I said, Hey man, I'm going to pack up shop and I'm done. This is this exhausting me. And it's just, I'm, I'm, I've never been scared. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, um, that same day, that same night that I told him I was going to do that. I met Keldon. Hey, crazy. <laughs> Who's and, that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I met Keldon and awesome. then Eric started to really take off and, you know, we started to really hit these, the strides and the guys, you know, like, don't, we got this. And yeah. it was really pretty cool. And, and now we've have, Kelvin's you know, killing it right now. Kelvin's doing God. great. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Jordan, I'm telling you, Jordan Bowden, um, you know, Jordan Bowden was on the magic. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, he's, he's going to have a great opportunity. Jordan, I'm telling you what, Bowden is going to be in the NBA. Like he's like, nice. he, he is, he is smart, great, good. Eric's been balling over there overseas and Kelvin is just, He's a big body. I mean, he's just, yeah. they're awesome. And they're, and they're great person. And they all get along internally, which is what we getting important. back to our culture. That's they all get along. You'll see them share each other on social media. They know each other. Eric was living with Keldon when he was down here. Right. Like, yeah. um, and so that's that culture again of being able to be built. And I, that's it. You can't force it, but at some point it, it clicks and it happens. And that that's finally where we are. It's sinking three years. Um, but we're there, yeah. right? And so um, it's been awesome. Right? And where do you, where do you see it in the next two three years? Man, we're gonna. I, I'm I'm telling you, we're gonna. It's gonna it's gonna continue to grow. It's gonna continue to grow, just like the potential of 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 the guys that are with us because they're young and they're going, and that's exactly where we are, right? And it hasn't been. It's been authentic from the jump. And so we just finished, uh, uh, we're finishing a second round of fundraising. Um, and really the reality of is I want to bring more firepower to our brain trust and the re back to the mission of making sure that players um, are not treated like players, but they're treated like part of our family and understand where we want them to go. And so we've, we're bringing in more and more. I've got some, some really cool people coming into this next round of investments and uh, continue to, to now put more and more resources towards what we're doing. So um, I think it's going to be great. We're starting to build real good relationships, people getting to know who we are, what we stand for. Uh, and then it goes back down to like who we want to work with, right? Like, and so people get to know that, hey, we're in this with them and versus, um, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a shady business. So the, the folks, yeah, and there's some great folks out there that have been helpful. I've you know, called and who you would think were competitors or will still like your stuff and follow you and not, take from you, but give you some points. And they're great guys like that. And I think the industry, you very quickly learn that the teams are also n oh, very well aware of that. Yeah. And so um, there's a, a hot, prominent, prominent GM and uh, president of a team that said, look, man, I didn't have any experience in the sports space either, but look at me. And he's, I mean, if you, everybody knows the guy's name. And he kind of told me, and he called me and told me, he goes, look, man, you look like you got 25 years of experience. Keep going. That's and awesome. I was like, wow. So that's, that's what's cool. And it's exciting, yeah. man. And, and, you know, honestly, they're just, they're playing, the guys are playing well. So it's yeah, awesome. they love yeah, the culture. Awesome. It's the branding you guys yeah. do for them. Yeah. It's Instagram. I think that's Instagram's a big, big tool for a yeah. lot of 
Well, oh, yeah. business people and players too. Yeah. Image, perception. I love it. So, okay, I'm really big on manifesting Uh-oh. and putting stuff out there. Here we yeah. go. Okay, so picture it's five years from now and we're sitting here. Yeah. What is the direction of FSM? Who are you representing? What does FSM look like? Where is FSM? Like, I'm really big on like speaking it into yeah. existence and manifesting let's, it. Let's get them now. We'll just we'll just reach out to the yeah, players. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's do it. And you even said like I wrote it down and and I wrote it down that I wanted to be a lawyer and own my own law firm. And I I'm like really big on putting that out there. And so picture it, it's what's five years from now, 2026. Six. That sounds weird to even say. Um, okay, are we gonna be like on hoverboards? Like, what's <laughs> gonna happen? Where do you see FSM and Patel gained while you're at it? Uh, my number one goal for FSM is uh, for growth. And what I mean by growth is I want to have more people that truly, I don't say work for FSM, but are part of FSM. And and that to me has been the best part about Patel Gaines and probably was going to be the best part about FSM. There's so many people who have amazing skills and talents and they're doing things that they don't love but it's been a career for them. It's been great, but they love this and they want to be a part of this and they don't know how to do it. So that's been what's been attractive to us in the fundraising too. People are like, man, I go to work every day, clock in, clock out kind of thing, but it doesn't bring me any more joy anymore. But, it, but I got to pay a mortgage. I have to do all this. So bringing that in and then reality of it is, is five years from now is I want, I hope that every person that is part of our group um, continues to have opportunities for them and five generations for them after they're done that should be able to eat off of this because yeah. I, my dad started with eight bucks. I started with 600 bucks. And so if you start with a million bucks, you should be, yeah. you should never have to worry. Right. Set up, set and up. so, you know, I think, I think those types of things that we talk about, you know, and we don't manage money, right. Which is great, but I can, I, so I can talk about, it. I can teach them and they can ask those questions to their financial manager. They can understand what they're doing, right? And so, you know, we make it a big proponent of that. So five years from now, honestly, I look at this as more and more of my friends like Matt um, and AJ and all these guys that have Amit and all these guys that have put in with FSM that we're sitting there watching the basketball games at, at the stadiums or at the arenas. And it's not that, hey, that's our client, but that's like, that's a part of my family out there doing awesome things. You know, like my kids, my, my wife, like they watch like all, every game. And like, if, if one of the guys isn't playing, like they don't watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Kel, the couple, Kel, Kelvin wasn't playing for the handful of games. Right. And nobody watched the, they, they didn't watch the <laughs> games. And it's like, oh, is he playing? Like, not yet. He'll be playing. Oh, okay. Nobody watches it. So it's, it's, that's, what's awesome. They come, they've been to our house, right? They, they know my kids. And to me, that's what's different. They're not a client, right? It goes back to our firm. Like I know your family. I know your kids, right? I met you, met your husband. And then we develop a relationship, yeah. right? Outside of work. And so to me, that's what's great about it. And, and, and honestly, we talk about, this is exactly to perfect timing. We talk about all of this hate. And then we talk about this, what I call diversity. And I honestly, half of it's fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I think people are like, oh, whatever. And it's like, you know, diversity, the, the, the other night we went to the game, the Spurs game, all of us together in a suite. And whole FSM team. It's crazy, man. I got like, I got Grant in a fishing shirt and cowboy boots and <laughs> yeah. jeans in a pickup truck. And I got, I got me, right? Like Gucci grew up <laughs> in the hood wearing, you know, like, like all spectrums, ages, races, everything. And then none of it was like, okay, I got to hire, I got to hire somebody who's Asian. I got to yeah. hire somebody who's white. I got to hire somebody who's black. Like it just happens. Yeah. And then what's crazy is when you look around, I remember there was a pause. I looked and like, ran everybody is having conversations with different groups and you see like you know 22 year old rachel sitting with terrence who's like 60 yeah. right and like it, it, totally different but they're connecting oh, oh, on 100 percent. not like oh, how's the weather what's going on yeah and so it's such a cool thing to see that and to me that's that's my goal is that this isn't seen as basketball and professionals the idea is that these two lines go parallel with each other and it's our job to be on this lane and hopefully their job to figure out how can I be in this lane? Mm-hmm. Cause that's a whole different deal. Right. Mm-hmm. We can, I can see, I can, we can see that from the outside looking in. Yeah. How special that is. Right. And I don't want to tell my kid ever that, Hey, you got to go be a lawyer. Cause this is the path I've been on and I don't want it where a, a professional basketball player has to say, that's what I am. So that's what you need to be. The idea here is, is it's just a route to where we're going to go. Right. And so that's, that's really where I see it. And honestly, putting San Antonio on the map. I mean, I remember going when I went to the first meetings, a, a friend of mine invited me 
to Alamo Angels actually, which is crazy because I was just a member. Now I'm on the board of directors of it, right? I remember I pitched it and I'm like, nah, I'm not really, I'm not really, you know, I don't really want to pitch. I don't really need it. And he goes, no, just do it. It'll be good practice for you. I'm like, all right. So I remember pitching it and I remember a guy looks down the table at me and it was the greatest thing that somebody said to me because it's been, I, I will not forget it. He said, listen, I'm telling you, you will not be successful in the sports agency business in San Antonio. I'm like, well, and it goes, no, no, I'm telling you, I've looked at it every way, shape or form. We're not a big enough market and you're not going to be, you, you won't be successful. You're like and, challenge accepted. And it was like, you know, and it, it kind of said, you know, I, I really think it's a people business. So wherever great people are, people find each other. And I, you know, I have my response and I remember walking out and a guy stopped me, we're good friends still today. Um, and he stopped me and goes, man, don't listen to that guy. He goes, I'm telling you, you, you got something, go after it. I met, same thing, Clay Killinger, right? Former CFO of all of C, uh, uh, Valero C-Store. He comes up to me and goes, man, I love what you're doing. Like, go for it. And then it was like, it was one of those like, challenges. Like, I don't remember the guy. I don't remember who it looks like or his name. I remember the guys who came up to me, but I don't remember that guy. But I do remember that challenge. And it's like, we've done that as a city. People keep sleeping on San Antonio. So to me, it's like, I, this is my city, like 11 years and it will be 20 years and 30 years and 40 years. And this is my city and I want to put, I want to put, we have an NBA team. We have yeah. all of these things. So why do people keep running Dissing away? Us, yeah. yeah. What, what's the, what's the issue? You know, that's true. That's awesome. Well, and I think something to be said for kind of going back about how Patel Gaines came about and FSM, it's almost like, and I feel like you and I, to an extent, well, all three of us, that's how we've bonded. But like you and I, to an extent, as much as we can, you, we all have this mentality of you jump and build the parachute on the way down. Like you just do it and then figure it out. We commit to it and we figure it out. Like as much as we can to an extent. I mean, we have a child now we have to think about. Like we can't make these extremely. Yeah, I'm not jumping out with a parachute. <laughs> no. You do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like one of those things that like we just do it we jump at the opportunity and we figure out why after yeah. we know we know our why but we figure out how and why to do it and go about it anytime an opportunity has presented itself for us we're like let's just do it like let's not give it too much thought and let's just yeah. do it and same thing with you and I think that's also why we've all been able to connect and why we all bond is because we all have that same mentality we're not somebody that's gonna sit and like be like well let's wait we're not like extremely trepidatious about many things. And I feel like that's super similar to you as well. You're like, look, if it's a great opportunity and I see that there's um, an opportunity there, there's money to be made, there's money to spread the wealth or there's opportunity to spread the wealth, let's do it. And I think there's something to be said for that because it's not a lot of people. A lot of people are hesitant. Honestly, you got to be true to yourself, right? And you just got to be who you are and ultimately people will hopefully see it. And if they do, then they're going to, they're going to know the real side of you. Yeah. And, and that's what's, that's what you have to do. Right. And, and sometimes you do just have to take a chance. Right. I mean, it's like anything else. Like, you know, people like when the stock market hit a year ago, was it at a low, literally a year ago yesterday, mm-hmm. it was like a huge low. And like, I went in while everybody was running out. And I remember in college, I was telling myself when the market tanked, if I had money, I would buy now. Yeah. And, and, and so now I'm like, all right, I'm going to buy now. It's, seven, 10, 15, 25 X returns and people ran. Yeah. They emptied out certain 401ks and stuff cause it was tanking. It's like, if you're not going to need it, then we, you got to go in. Right. And, and I think it's some balance of risk. Um, and, and you know, can't do, risk. yeah, I can't yeah, do stupid things. Right. But, um, you got, sometimes you just have to, you have to go for things. Yeah. You got to go for things. They can't look backwards. Well, like I said in the beginning, you got your hands in a lot of things, yeah. which means time is very limited. So I want to, I, I was talking a lot. I want to ask this question because we have our daily routine yeah. and I want to know what you do every single minute of each day. Like oh, what do you sure. wake up? What's your first thing you but do? But get it's micro. We want to know time. Get yeah, real it's micro. Pre- it's it. pretty regimented. So honestly, my day's like, my day's really pretty, pretty much pretty similar. And, and I think that's one of the best thing about COVID is it's got me to kind of back to like being able to kind of function on that way. So I get up at 4.15 every day. Um, <laughs> I eat a banana first thing I wake up literally like sometimes I like I haven't even got out of bed yet because um, so I, I do that and then I go hit the gym at five o'clock I work out with uh, at home with a trainer and then I go hit at 45 at six o'clock so I do that um, I'm, bo- I'm back home by 6 55 uh, I hit the shower uh, and we're out the door at 7 10 and we drop off the kids uh, and I do that probably four days a week to get with, with together. So we drop off the kids, oh, come back home by about seven thirty-five, seven forty, and then I get to the office. So, um, and then I'm at the office from about usually seven forty-five. and Grant will probably say, yeah, sure. You're there all day. But, um, 
you know, <laughs> I've been known to not be there on Fridays sometimes, but um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, and then I'm usually there till about 5.30 or so. And then uh, as my kids have gotten older, I make it a habit to try to be home um, by about 5.30, uh, 6 o'clock at the most. I live two minutes from my office. My yeah. gym is, you know, right mm-hmm. below. So try to make my habit, my, my life very condensed. Um, and then I get home, spend some time with the kids, have dinner with them. So uh, four to five days a week, I have dinner at home. And then, um, you know, probably, I, I told you about my eating habit. Yeah. I eat a little bit. I eat again as, as so a snack. Strange. Yeah, and so at the point where I, Sometimes cottage cheese makes me want to throw up. So, um, but you know, I was a fat boy, right? I got 190 pounds and I, I mean, it's we'll show before pretty, we like pretty, skipped that <laughs> yeah, whole, that was like also going on at the pretty same gross, time. Yeah. So, pretty gross. you know, and so, yeah, you know what I mean? It was, it was pretty bad. So sometimes people, like, Un- you actually no do look unrecognizable. Yeah, it's totally different. Like, yeah, it's, totally it's not. Like I looked were, older then. Yes, at thirty four than I than I look today. And it was it wasn't just like oh, it's you just lost a lot of weight. Like you actually, you just look completely different. No, I had bigger boobs than most people. <laughs> like you'll, I, 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 there's probably very. But few, it's also like your hair. Very few you women have a mustache in San Antonio that have boobs bigger than I had. Yeah. Okay, hold on. I want to go back because I want to get even more micro. Is the banana on your bedside table? Yeah. Okay, so you prepped that the night before. Yeah, it's right. There. Okay, why do you work out twice? Well, so I've been trying to actually gain which is ironic like i'm actually trying to gain some weight but in a healthier way yeah in a healthier way and so i've been i've been i've been on kind of a mission and what actually changed that was every it was actually six o'clock every day at 45 and then i broke my foot in october that's right and so that got me like okay worried like okay how am i gonna do this and so for a week i gave myself uh honestly i was like all right i'm gonna be a bitch about it for a week okay i just <laughs> did ride around on my scooter. i laid in bed and i and my mood changed sure everybody just noticed it and so i said all right and then finally i called chaz uh my partner at f45 and i said hey look I, you gotta help me i gotta figure this out i need somebody who who can train me at my house and so one of the guys that uh, uh works at one of our f45s um met with him and he's like yeah i'll do it and so um awesome and so I gotten back into that and so um and he's amazing at helping a 40 year old who's got torn rotator cuff and all these things you know who wants to get bigger get stronger but not but it first started off as him doing like a personalized workout for when you had your broken foot yeah yeah and then yeah, it just i got turned into like a habit. battle yeah, ropes with crazy. a broken foot yeah. and all that stuff yeah and then it just turned into a habit of and him now, coming so, now every morning so now and since then yeah i've been doing two a days uh four days a week i do two a days how do you yeah. like f45 compared to i love it man it's the greatest thing ever is it a big difference from what you at home and what you do at yeah home? it's okay. huge i love it it's team it's group yes, it's team, fun it's culture the loud music um it's different every single day and honestly it's funny come to come to a 6 a.m class and it's, it's a blast come to any class is there a 6 p.m class speaking of 6 a.m let's discuss have you always been a 4.15 a.m. wake up person and how did you get there because I thought Uh, having a baby was going to help me like be an early morning person yeah yeah but I mean now that she sleeps 12 hours I'm like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up when she wakes up seven and so and I was like oh I'm gonna be that morning person but it doesn't Uh, I mean now I'm like well sleep is so precious because she does have her off night so how did you train yourself to wake up every morning at 4.15 to where you're like now it just happens I got a shout out to my my buddy Adam Sayoti and then I got to tell you life just hits you right so we had a kid and so I was like kind of what I would say like one of those kind of like lazy people that wanted to work out so I would like run and I would just run on the treadmill and I'm gonna make fun of runners I'm gonna make fun of runners I'll make fun of runners because one of my buddies owns he owns a bunch of OTFs and I always send him pictures I go hey this is what a runner looks like and this is what an f 45 looks like but uh honestly it's what happened so I used to run when I come home from work right and and when you have a little one um you don't one you don't sleep well so by the time you get home from work and i had just started my firm so we were we had we had no money we were working late we were doing everything you're exhausted and you come home and you kind of get on for 15 minutes and then like you're like oh, what am i doing like i got i haven't seen my kid all day so then you your runs turn from an hour to like none to yeah, no and so you just is. it hits you and i had this treadmill that ended up just being there and and so what happened was i was driving in into mission ridge and I saw this little gym and I was like, you know what? I'm going to walk in. I think I'm going to do that. So I walked in. I was like, you know, I'd like to join. What's your membership? And, and the guy there was like, well, we don't have we don't have a membership. You have to have a trainer in order to work out here. And I said, all right. You know, so I started talking to guys or asking me about my life and all this stuff. And he said, sure. So let's send you up for a month, like 20 sessions or some stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. Let me do it. All right. And I have a picture of myself on my 34th birthday, August 7th. 
2014, like I looked disgusting, like in the, in the mirror, no shirt on. I'm like, Oh my God. So I got to do something. So I walked in and I walked in and, and he said, sure. It takes my money. And then he said, all right, so I'll see you tomorrow, 5am. And I'm like, no, dude, this is not how this works. Like I paid you. How about we fix and he goes, no, no, no. I'll be here at 5am and I'll be here at 5am every day. And if you show up or don't show up, we're going to get it. But I'm going to see you tomorrow, right? And it's like a, used to be a UFC boxer, good, still great friend of mine. And I was just like, what did I just do here, right? And so woke up the first day. It was horrible, uh, horrible for a while. But honestly, it became the greatest thing ever. And why I'm a morning person and why I encourage anybody to be a morning person, I tell you, I, I if you look at so many successful people, they're incredibly early morning people. Yeah. And it's not because uh, it, what it is, is it is the most quiet. It is, they are the quietest hours of the day from every aspect. Your mind, if you can get up and not look at your email before you go into it. Um, the only thing I check now is my AMC stock. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm riding that shit to the moon, bro. <laughs> I got, yeah. Trust me. I got a lot of that. If that takes off, like we'll, we'll go do this podcast somewhere else. So <laughs> from the then we'll keep it real. Live from All right? the real we'll do dope. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep it from it. Yeah. Live so, uh, but you know what? And so I, it's just quiet and you're, you're, and it sets your day up right. But you don't feel like you're losing time on being with your kids or with your wife anything. or anything like and it's, that. Cause it's, 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 it's undistracted hours. Up. Nobody's up at that time. Right. And so making that switch was tough, but what happens is you sleep better. You, everything happens. And what better. time do you go to bed? If you wake up at four fifteen? usually I'm usually out by about 10. I'm Not usually, bad. I'm usually knocked out by 10. Cause you know, you sometimes hear people that wake up super early and they're nah. like, I'm in bed by Unless seven. Unless he has an espresso and I'm martini. Like, yeah, yeah, I just had a coffee. <laughs> I'm in bed. I mean, we get into bed probably by like, you know, eight, eight thirty. but you know, we'll, you know, if, if, if we're watching a TV, you know, half hour of a TV show or read or whatever, but it's very, you know, it's, it's again, it's just, it's a matter of by 10 o'clock, I'm usually yeah. out. Unless and the Spurs play in LA, then you gotta watch the game. Then we're up late. Yeah. yeah. But I can, I've, I've, my body's been trained to be able to do that and I don't drink very much yeah. right and so that helps me really make sure that my day goes right if I have one drink and that's why people make fun of me lightweight right but like if I have one drink like it messes my yeah. entire you wake up day. foggy and yeah, really bad and there was a quote that Ryan Serhant said and I'm like I repeat it to myself every night before I go to bed to wake up early but he said when he works out in the morning he said the toughest part of his day is over with before he even gets to the office just and it's it just waking up and for him in his case he was like walking in the snow to get to the gym and it's for it's like waking up and it's working out and like lifting tires and doing heavy lifting working out and he's like the toughest part of my day essentially is done like anything that gets thrown my way is like nothing compared to what I just done and I tell that to myself and you're really good about waking up and working out I'm I tell myself every day I'm like just do it and then you'll be able to and you nobody ever regretted a workout after it makes everything better like it does it's you'll just watch what you waking a little up. bit better because yeah. then you're like you've had that day and you're like yep. uh, yeah. like is that really worth versus it right all day, like I, I just yeah yeah right versus it's all day I feel 100%. like you make an excuse for why you're like, okay, well, I'll work out in an hour. Okay, well, let me just do one more thing. Let me just, another hour. Let me put the baby down. Well, then let me just, well, I had wine at dinner. And do I really want to work out after wine? Like, and that's me. I mean, that's my whole internal conflict. And so I know I need to start waiting. Now that she's more on a schedule, but anywho, this was just group therapy. This is her therapy session. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's coming. great. You, you do it. How like, much you got to just force yourself, yes. you know? And, and, and I get little increments, like build up for it, like five minutes earlier every day. Just try. No. Go cold turkey. Really? Just go Screw all tomorrow, wake up at 4 p.m. Put your phone, put it on the other side of the room, do whatever you got to do. I was, was going to delay this podcast for like a month. And I was like, you know, I'm going to get some things together, kind of do it all really smooth. But again, jump, jump, like, no. jump and build the parachute like, hey, on the way hey, down. Hey, Eric, Raul, you guys free in two days? Yeah, he literally, like, he's like, yo, 16th, 16th. I, I was like, I was in the Grand Canyon. I got like the, ta I'm like, I don't even, I'm like, sure, yes. And, and I then, can, I can or whatever day it is, I don't even know what day it is. I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, wait, is that Tuesday or Wednesday? But you know what, just do it. Like, that's why I tell people, I'm like, look, if you if you can't get out of bed, you're going to hit the snooze button, then put the phone like literally across the room to the point where you got to get up. Sleep and then, in your workout clothes. And then just do it, right? Yeah. And it'll, it'll suck. But once you get it over with, um, I'm, it, it, and I'll tell you, it's funny. Like I see the people in the early morning hours in the gym, like some of those people are the most successful people. Like they just are. Cause they're up. They don't have to be, 
but they're doing it right and so they force um, themselves to be yeah i i'm a, i'm a huge huge believer in it if you're whatever it is if you want to work out uh meditate run whatever it is but you, you if you get that out your adrenaline and your energy will be that much better yeah yeah, yeah. i agree it's yeah. so true well i know you're on a tight schedule so i appreciate good, yeah. you coming on but i want to leave our guests and us as well with one key nugget that you think that every business owner every person needs to know that you've learned over the past you know i would say a couple of things different but for for those that are business owners like number one be resilient um, be creative and continue to stay adaptive to what you're doing. And, and this is the perfect time to get to know who is, who you have around you, what they're doing for you and making sure that they're, they're in the same boat as you are and you're in the same boat with them. And so, you know, it's easy to tell somebody, Hey, our ship's sinking, get the water out of the boat. If you're not doing it with them, then they will never do it for you. Um, and that is a huge thing. And I think for business owners, you really have to realize that, you know, they don't work for you you work with them. And if you can think about that and be real about that, um, and you know, I never, you know, I know I, I hate it if, and I rarely does it happen, but I hate it when people introduce me as their boss or X, Y, Z. It's like, it, like there isn't that. And that's why a lot of that is like people are Facebook friends or Instagram friends. And it's like, most people are awkward about that, but it's like, Hey, look, man, if you're going to be out, like be out, like go do what you gotta do. Right. And so be, be adaptive, be real, uh, to who you are and to who you have. Um, and then for people that are out there, like trying to figure out what to do, here's my biggest advice. Like do your fucking homework. Yeah. Okay. And in all aspects, man, like if you're going to want to get a job, if you're going to be somewhere, you're going to be at a conference and you're going to try to se- go in with the work, the research will win you always, but people go in there and wing it, man. Like they wing it. They don't know anything about who they want to get, what they're going to do. And they think they're just going to go. And I'll tell you, when you know, when you know more, you will always win more. I got on an interview with somebody, um, and that got can't like rescheduled twice. Okay. Twice. And he had an interview with me only because somebody that works for my firm knew that person. They set it up and I was talking about something and I said, yeah, you know, FSM. He's like, well, what's FSM? I said, you don't know what FSM is? And so I was like, well, hold on. What do you know about me? And what have you read? What have you read? Nothing. And look, the whole thing is, is if you're going to have a shot, like, and you don't know anything about that person, you're never going to win. Never going to win. And you don't even know how, I go, I'm like, so I told him, like, how do you know you want to work for me? You don't know anything about me. So why, why are you applying here? Right? Like, if you don't know anything about me, then I could be the worst place for you to work, right? And it might be, if that makes sense, for who, depending on who you are. And so, you know, to me, if, if you're out there and you're trying to figure out how to get more sales, get more whatever, like do your freaking research on whoever it is. If you're a realtor, right? And if you don't know your client, right? Like, you know me. Yeah, That's why we work well together. Just yeah, people hit me up all the time. Like, hey, you need a realtor? I'm like, nah, man, I'm good. Yeah. Why? Because you know me. You know I'm going to be in, out, you know, you know who I am, yeah. what I need. Yeah. You know what I like. You're not you trying to for? force me in a different way. You know how it's going to be or whatever that is. So you've done your homework. You know what I got. You know what I'm looking for. And you and so you'll let me know, hey, there's extra space here to do this. And so do your homework on whatever it is you're doing today. So if it's your business, your career, where you want to go, what promotion you want, what raise you want, what new role you want in the job, do your homework and go figure out how to execute on those 10 points, mm-hmm. then you will win. I love it. That makes sense. This is coming from a guy who like never did his homework in school. <laughs> so yeah, you yeah, in school, I never did my homework. Right. So if I'm talking about keeping it real, I'll just say I didn't yeah. do my homework in school. So somebody's listening to me from high school. Be like, never did any <laughs> homework. Yeah. he was never in class. But, but again, that wasn't successful in high school. That's why I'm successful today. So yeah, that's it. Um, anybody you want to shout out? I want to give some shout outs here. Any, players oh my god so many so many people who to watch uh, who to support. man i can't even i can't even limit it there's just so many people in my life um so many people in my life that have been that, that have been incredibly helpful um i can't i, I honestly I can't i mean I too many to too many people i mean just from everybody from my family from everybody that works with me um at patel gains or fsm or f45 i mean people that have just given me words of encouragement um you know anything i mean i get still get little dms or a message that says hey man i'm like i started running this week because i feel like i want to get in shape thanks for motive so many people Love those it. things mean a ton so hard for me to give a shout out and forget anybody yeah, sure. else you know um i would say is like follow 
follow Patel Games, follow FSM, follow F45, follow your own passion, whatever it is you want to do. Um, and, you know, honestly, and like I said, and that will keep you real and help you grow. Um, but, and shout out to you, man. I mean, you're going to say like at the end of the day, like, you know, we've, we've gotten to know each other in so many different capacities and those have opened up relationships for us, but way hard, way too hard for me to give a shout out, uh, to one person. But if I'm going to go back and give a shout out, um, to just one person who probably won't listen to this podcast because I don't even know if he listens to podcasts, uh, was a professor in law school that, um, forced me to do something that I never wanted to do. And I never want to do it today. Uh, was go take an internship as a criminal, uh, a criminal defense um, uh, uh, attorney um, for the public defender's office, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm five foot Indian, Indian <laughs> guy. Like, I'm not going into jail. Like, that's uh-huh. that's not where I wanted to be. And um, it forced me outside of my box, in my comfort zone. Uh, it taught me some things. Taught me what I didn't want to do, what I do want to do. And I think to me, um, you know, he forced me to do something that I would made me uncomfortable. And so to me, for those of you that have mentors or have people you listen to, um, most people I think look for yes people that are gonna validate how good they're doing and they run away from those that are gonna go, you need to do this, you need more of this, like where is this? And they run away from that, but at the end of the day, like if you really want that guidance, you want somebody who's gonna challenge you to get better, right? And so finding people like that, um, is incredible. Right. And so I've got a ton of friends, man. Everybody's invested into FSM. Everybody who's been a part of every one of these late night bu- bullshit, every client that's trusted me to do it. I mean, I, it's too many people to, to thank. I love you. you definitely sense. inspire us and as a family as well. So yeah, man, pimp, your, awesome. pimp yourself out oh. at FSM on Instagram, right? Yeah. Your Instagram handle. Uh, the official RBP. The, okay, that's oh, your Instagram uh, handle. Official. Correct. And then at Patel Gaines. Yep. And then FSM is what? This is FSM. At this is FSM. I knew there was FSM in it. What yeah. else? And how else can people find you? You're doing, I know you're doing a- At 45 Deerfield, at 45 Encino all Park, at 45 Mandera Point. Yeah. And then you're doing a class coming up soon. Uh, yeah, so we've got the official hour, which is again, same thing. And that's kind of similar to what you're talking about getting real. Like honestly, the, the folks, those are for like tough skin people that just want to hear exactly what they got to do to do it. Um, and that's going to be, um, we're actually going to do a weekend. I haven't, uh, might as well tell you. So we're picking a weekend. Um, I'm going to get some people out there. We're going to, we're going to do it at probably at the La Contera resort. Um, and want a weekend where people come out and are focused on their, on their deal. And they're going to have to come prepared with, with work, right. With what they want. And my idea here is to literally get into it with each one of them and for people to really get into it. Um, and hopefully I can't wait to see the next successful business person. Right. And there's some people that like, I remember I'm like, man, this, this guy's going to be some Danny Chavez, right. With Dan out of, out of McKinney. Like I'm like, this kid's going to be awesome. And I call him a kid. He's 30. Right. But like, I'm like, God, this guy's got it, right? And he, I see it. And it's like, same thing with you guys. Like, I love seeing it because you can see it in somebody. And I think that's the thing, man. People like, there's like jealousy and there's envy and there's two different things. And and to me, like, it's like, you know, like, you don't be jealous of somebody, but find a way to, 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 yeah. to be more like them, right? And push them and help them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I agree. I yeah. It. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thanks for keeping it real, and we'll see you guys next time. Well, can I give you a shout-out? I mean, for the best vid guy and the best podcaster and the best realtor and everything hey. else. Hey, I best mean, you know, realtor. Yeah, I like that. you know what I'm saying? I mean, you got tons of things out there. So uh, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll get that soon. All right. We're good? Yeah. Bye. <laughs>